The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. A lady said, 1991, to look into her sacred scriptures and you'll find out the true reason I'm coming. It's amazing. That's the 10th anniversary. That was the day that Croatia declared independence from the communist Yugoslavia. And that was one major change. There's many changes in 88 with communism. In 84, it was referred to. Ivan said that was one of our ladies, one of our ladies' plans was to remove communism. Didn't say in that context, but it's part of our plan. But our ladies' plan after 35 years is clarifying more and more and more. And what's amazing about it is it's bigger than we ever, ever thought. I remember years ago thinking, Medjugorje is always bigger than what you think. No matter what you believe about Medjugorje, no matter how much and how expert you might think you are or you are, you don't understand Medjugorje and its completion of how big that's going to be. No more than Peter and the Twelve Apostles understood what they were in the midst of. 
This is the way it works. God's mind, his plans, what he does is still hidden in our ignorance, is hidden in our cognition, is hidden in our biases that we can't accept or things that we reject. And so immersing ourselves in the messages, starting in 83, when I first found out about Medjugorje, and then going there in 86, I knew nothing then what I know now, and I know nothing now compared to what I'm going to know 10 years from now. One thing that just happened that many people would go over or not even pay attention to it in a strong, strong way, I think it's very profound. It was just done March 2nd, 2017. Speak of my son and of me to all those around you with your life. We got a Protestant mentality. You say, is that criticizing Protestants? Some Protestants criticize the works. Catholics are going to work their way to heaven. Saints work their way to heaven. It's all about work. And they, including Martin Luther, said it's by faith alone are you saved. And we've let this prevail into the church because there's a mentality in the church that I go to adoration, I go to daily mass, I do this, I do that. Where's your works? They think that's sufficient. Now, that's just to keep you and your nose above the water. You're not elevating anywhere by just doing those things alone. There has to be something associated with your adoration and your faith. It has to materialize in something. If it's not, you're not growing. Our ladies come to correct that. Yes, she says, adore my son at the altar in adoration. So don't think I'm not saying not to do that. But what most people think, and many daily communicants I've dealt with when I was a daily communicant, thought it was just enough to do that. No, that's the basic line that you have to do. You've got stuff over and above that, beyond that. And how do you do that? How do you change things? Speak of my son and of me to all those around you with your life. It's not your preaching. It's not standing on there telling people about the Gospels. It's not telling people about the messages. It's got to be in your life. So how do you do that? The messages have to manifest into the way you live. And if it don't manifest into the way your life is, then you can speak all you want to about Jesus, all you want to about Our Lady, and you're not going to convert anybody. Why? Because she says, so that the world would be different. We've got 35 years with Our Lady. And the world's different the other way. It's gotten worse and worse. Our Lady just recently said, the more and more the people are indifferent. So here it is, she says, so that the world would be different. How? By the way you live. It's the way you live. It's not the way you worship. It's not your Sunday clothes you put on. Well, I do this and I do that. It's your whole life. Your life is the message. Your life is walking Bible. What you do, how you think, how you do it, your work, how you run your corporations and your businesses. This is the life that you will change the world to be different. How? And what kind of different? She defines what is going to be different. The world is coming that simplicity and purity would return. She wants that to return to life. Now, if we got a simplistic society, is it simple the way we live every day? 
going here and going there and doing nothing, busy being busy, not producing anything but air and electronics and cyberspace. In the end, it's nothing. It's not simple. It's very integrated, very complex. And that purity would return. Simplicity and purity. Our way of life is built by the messages, transformed into life. It's a physical place here where it's manifested the messages that Maria is even very impressed, that Our Lady is impressed with us. You think, oh, I can't say that? Our Lady told us in a message, I know this is hard for you to believe that. I know it's hard that I'm calling you to be apostle. But don't waste time. Actually, she said February 2nd, 2015. Prayer which carries out works and sacrifices. Do not waste time thinking about whether you're worthy to be my apostles. The Heavenly Father will judge everyone. I know that this confuses you, but accept it. We accepted it. We accepted it when she said we're apostles, and it did confuse me in the beginning because the bishops are the apostles. Until Our Lady came one day and she says, you know what? You're my apostles. She ends the message and she says, the shepherds, are those chosen by my son. There's two different groups going on right here. And you say, how do you reconcile that? To Louis de Montfort, how do you reconcile it? Well, he said, there'll come a time when Mary would raise up apostles of the latter days and they'll travel across the earth on silver wings and they will sleep next to the clerics. In other words, they'll sit next to the clerics in other words, the apostles of her and the shepherds of his will be next to each other and no less equal. I know you say, well, I go to adoration and you're saying about that and now you're saying that, that we're on an equal level. No, actually we're above this right now. Not in the power of the sacraments, but in the power to change the world. It's in our hands. And Allah says, don't waste time thinking about it. Whether you're worthy to be my apostles, because that's what I had a hard time with, but I'm over that. The Heavenly Father will judge everyone. I know that this confuses you, but you accept it, that you may comprehend that you are worthy to the work of the heaven. And so we got this Protestant mentality. It's just faith. It's just adoration. It's just mass. And I give a little bit of money here, do a little bit. Of, I do good. What do you do the rest of the day? All the time you watch TV is a total, total waste. She says, don't even waste time about thinking where you're worthy. I want you to get away from the TV. She renounced the television. She says, renounce for you as an individual. Renounce the television. What else do you need to hear? Have you done that? You're still playing with it? You're still using it? You don't know who you are. We know who we are. We are apostles. The book of James says in second chapter, Well, it's quoted by most people and Protestants that by faith alone are you saved. Our Lady is correcting something that's invaded even the church from Martin Luther's time because that's what he's basing it on. Actually, Martin Luther wanted to erase the book of James. He wanted to take this verse out because it contradicted what he was doing because the church did a lot of works back then. And yes, maybe some of it was abusive to purgatory and indulgences or whatever. It was, but it always says that. Jesus had abuses in his church of 12 people. And it wasn't just Judas. It was Peter and all the way through. So don't come with that argument or that thought. You say, well, I'm in agreement 
Are you really in agreement with everything we do here? The way we live? Or at least form this place into a people that speaks with their life and simplicity and purity. And people judge us in the wrong way. James says, What does it profit if a man says he has faith but not works? Can his faith save him? Faith by itself, and the process by faith alone, because the Bible does say that. But we also teach in the church, what is faith without works? It shows your faith. The Bible goes on and says, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. We have death in the church. There is no animation in the pulpits speaking to us to convict us. Very rarely can you go bright-eyed without getting starry-eyed. Listen to the homies today. Yes, there's some good priests, but we have death even in the Mass now. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. For as the body apart from the Spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. Our Lady's coming here because faith is dead. What did she say in the beginning days over and over and over and over? Faith is beginning to extinguish itself. That was one of our main messages. The first message she says, faith is dying. And now 35 years later, we see it. And so our ladies come and infusion us with messages about works. She said, June 2nd, 2015, I desire to work through you. Remember our lady's handcuff. She said, I come from the people. She said, I can't do anything without you. You're my extended hands. You're my instruments. She told us that as a community. She says, I, I desire to work through you. I am praying for you that through your works, you can convert others. How? By your way of life. Not going past that literature. Your way of life brings in the questions, what, who are you? What are you about? What's, what are you from? And then you give them the literature. Then you tell them about it. They got to be attracted by something different in you. She goes on and says, because the time has come for acts of truth, not acts of faith. We go every Sunday and see people doing an act of faith. That don't convict me. I can tell you Sunday at Mass, not one person in that church made me want to convert. And not even when I was hearing on the pulpit. The time has come for acts of truth. It's your life. That's the plan of Mesogoria. That's the plan of Our Lady, and that's God's plans, and that's our son's plans. By your works, you will convert others. It's the way you work. What is work? What do you do at work? work? Are you putting yourself second? Are you helping people? Even if you're having to carry a unjust load because other people may be slacking, you'll convert people by that way. Be silent, non-complainant. You know, there's things you got to rectify, certainly. But it's by your work, whatever your career is, how you perform that. November 2nd, 2015. Do works of love because faith alone without love and works of love is not what I'm asking of you. There she says it. Faith alone. I'm not asking you for that. You're doing your adoration. You're doing it. I'm asking more than that. 
That's supposed to be filling up your gas tank, and then you go out there and start driving and consume that gas in your works. I'm asking of you, I'm speaking of grace. I'm asking of you, my children, this is an illusion of faith. Let me read that in full context. That's awesome. Do works of love because faith along with that love and works of love is not what I'm asking of you. My children, this is an illusion of faith. We're living in the church, an illusion of faith. We're going to Mass. We're going to adoration. We're doing that. Even your daily communicants. What are you doing in proportion to other things in your pleasures as far as your work or transforming your life into work? It is a boasting of self. I've had people boast to me. I'm a daily communicant. Okay, that's nice. I'm not able to go to Mass every day because we live out. We got to go through two hours of traffic to get in and out. But I work all day long for our Lord. I'm grateful to do that. She continues, my son seeks faith and works. It's both together. June 2nd, 2016. Many of my children do not see and do not hear because they do not want to. They do not accept my words and my works. She's in heaven. And she's saying, my, who's my, am I? That's Mary, the Holy Virgin Mary. My words, my works. She's working. She's in servant clothes. She's in a grave mantle. The work on the earth. Because love invokes love and makes works more important than words. February 2nd, 2017. Therefore, you, apostles of my love, pray with the heart and with your works, show the love of my son. This is the only hope for you. And this is also the only way to eternal life. The proportion of your pleasures, entertainments, what you do with your life, your relaxations, in proportion to your work and working for the kingdom of God may not get you there. February 25th, 1983. I wish that each of you decides himself for a change of life and that each of you works more in the church, not through words, and let me qualify that. That don't mean they'll be on a committee at the church. The church is outside of that. It's work in, in your office. You bring church there through a living temple that you're supposed to be. Not just being nice and kind, but performance. More in the church, not through words and thoughts, but through example, God will give you what you concretely have to do. She's asking you to do something physical. Concrete is as physical as you can get. It's hard. It's solid. It means something. It's a physical thing. She wants to see life of yours into concrete. Speak about me, all those around you, with your life. We live something concrete. March 18, 2001. Do good works, not permitting them to wait for you too long. March 18, 2013, live in faith through me, my son, is preparing you for works which he desires to do through you, works through which he desires to be glorified. And I got more I could continue on, but we got some other things we need to speak about. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because we have people sometimes that have a bad judgment of us. And I just recently said, do not judge. That was March 2nd. On March 18th, it says, never judge. I want to ask you a question. What does it mean 
when the Amish say, many a fine barn built a fine house. No fine house built a fine barn. What does that mean? Think about that. So if you understand that, then what does it mean a fine caterpillar loader builds a fine house, no fine house built a fine caterpillar loader? I spent eight years building my house, living in a trailer. Years before that, we lived in very low-income housing the way we're, when we got married. All the while, you know what we were doing? Was building up equipment. When I bought a Caterpillar tractor, our neighbor told my wife to divorce me. That's a quote. I would never let somebody do like that to me. How could you go put the money in that machine, that loader, and not in your house and you're in a trailer? Did it make me mad? You bet it did. Nobody has come right to interfering in my marriage like that. But I bought that loader and in six months paid it off and then it made in the next 12 months enough money to bring my house almost to completion. And I already had several other pieces of equipment, but combined with that, it made a full circle as far as what I was doing excavation. Had I not bought that loader, I would go three or four or five more years building my house because many a fine barn built a fine house. No fine house built a fine barn. Many people today do not understand the economy we work on here. It's what I did in business. It's what I'm doing now. It's what I do with Caritas. You're upside down, everybody out there. I rejected the economy. Buy it now and finance. I've always rejected that. I was raised that way. But it wasn't just raised there. God put that in my heart. Sacrifice is the way to salvation. A simple way that gives the purity of salvation. This is what I say, simplicity and purity. Our way of life here is manifested based foundation completely on the messages given the slant on a biblical view of life and helping us understand scriptures and bring it to life. So we know there's people out there that thinks that this community now lives in a substandard way and that they should be living in a better way because we got so much equipment and the truth of the matter is, we have a lot of equipment that we've gotten free. Because when we built something, we had to do a project, instead of paying the excavator, we buy the machine. So the money we had paid for the excavation of the company that was going to do that, and then he walks away with his check, we took the check and bought the machine. And that way we have a machine left over, and the contractor doesn't leave, we have the machine there because we did the work ourselves. We're building a system here. And it's upside down to most people's systems the way they do it. We're upside down to other people. They're upside down to us because they're on the wrong way. Our lady's shown us this way. And it's a beautiful way to live. And so we do things in our mission that is contrary to what people would agree to do or accept to do. But we're here living a life that there's no other way life to live. February 25th, 1988. Sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We literally have taken that to heart. We do what we want to do because Elise asks us to do that. People completely give voice to their walk with God 
and it's just words. There's nothing when you they can preach, I can say good things, I can give good homilies, whatever. But what's in their life that makes me want to be different for Jesus? June 18, 2010. Dear children, I desire for you to do works and not words. We have too many words going on. We're fighting out of a jungle that has no trail out, no blueprint, except that we interpret the message to do what we do. So we're going to do something different today. The different thing we're going to do, we're bringing in some of our community members, and I'll let Joan take over at this point. Here in the studio, we have several community members that is kind of a cross uh, section of our whole community, but we have Will here, who has been in the community for 21 years with nine kids. Uh, Johnny, who has been here for 12 years with four kids. Aaron, who started off as a single consecrated, has been here for 20 years and married in the community, has five children. Zach is a single consecrated male. He has been here 11 years. Jessica has, is a single consecrated female living here for seven years. And I have also single consecrated living here almost 30 years. I just got inspired. I just got inspired. I want to ask Will a question. You got nine kids? Yes, I do. You got you got eight girls and one boy? Yes, I do. The youngest Hey, this is not a trial. It's not a trial. I know it. This is a general conversation. How many are still in burlap bags and clothes? Huh. They're all fine. They all have their... I don't believe that. <laughs> Sunday go to meeting clothes and they got their regular clothes. They're just doing fine. Uh, that's hard to believe. Well. I, how do you do that? We pray to God. I mean, we live our life the way we live it and God supplies. I mean, it's not that difficult to understand. Well, our way of life, if you want to just share with it what you were doing and you and Patty, how you lived before compared to what you did then and have your house and all that. What, what, what's your thoughts on what we do now and what you did then? Well, I was a factory worker. I did basically, uh, I worked to eat. I worked to live. I worked just to supply money so I could pay my house rent and et cetera, et cetera just like the whole world does nowadays. But here, I live for God. I work for Our Lady. And I'm not worried about the the, the uh, roof over my head. I'm not worried about the clothes on my back and my kids' backs. That's all taken care of by, by God because uh, I don't have to worry about any of that. All I need to do is live for God for Our Lady, and she takes care of me. I gave my I um, gave my life over to her when I moved here, and I don't have to worry about anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's God is going to take care of me. He's going to take care of my family at home, or not at home, at take care why, of my family you, away from here. Why do you think He's going to take care of you? Because I gave myself to her. She's going to take care of me. I it's just my faith, and I I just believe that, and that's what's happening. I it's mean, really hard for people in the world to even understand where we're coming from. This is Aaron. We hear so many times, especially Will and Patty, who have so many kids, 
I don't know how you have all those kids. How do you afford them? How could you have all those children? Aren't you thinking about all the weddings and college tuition, et cetera, is a very sin in the world today. When we're at the hospital giving birth, always people ask us, are we done? How many more are we having? How can we afford that? How can we even think about that? That's not a concern. That should be for a true Christian because of the Bible reading we read every Thursday that we know God will take care of us. But in the world, the amount of hours that Will would have to participate in to feed a family of nine people, eight of whom are young girls, um, young women, would be, you can't comprehend it. So to, to try to um, state our blessings that we have here is very hard when you're looking through the eyes of the world or the lens of the world. Um, he has beautiful girls. They're all very well-dressed. They're very talented. They could really outshine. I would put them against any girl in the world of what their talents are, but mostly because of their heart and their love for God. And that's not what people of the world um, are looking for. They want to know the amount of money they have. They want to know why that pair of socks they had on last week had holes in it. Maybe Patty didn't get the socks matched because of the laundry of 10 girls. But when you seek it from the ways of the world, I think Will would understand is that we have a simplicity, just as Friend of Medjugorje just read in Our Lady's message, that we are not concerned with those things that families in the world are concerned with, even though thinking you're looking in a positive lens, what is your goodwill? Do you want Will's children to have a spiritual heart, a longing for heaven, a desire to serve Our Lady, or do you want them to have the latest trend of the world, whatever other youth has here? And so we're kind of not, we don't compare apples to apples when people try to look at us. This is Joan, and I'm teaching a class in our school right now on uh, St. Teresa and her family. And we've actually gone weeks into just looking at the home of St. Teresa and the parents and how they raised their girls and how all of these girls are turning into saints that the church recognizes as saints. So after we went through all of their home life and how the parents viewed life and how they wanted to raise their children, I took all of those characteristics of what it took to, to be, build a family where saints were the result. And I said, okay, with every one of these characteristics, let's see if we live that here in our community and in your homes. And at each characteristic, each of the kids in, our, in the class said, yes, we live that here. Yes, this is what we do in our home. Yes, this is the way of life that is here. There was not one characteristic in that home, of that holy family, of St. Teresa's family, that is not present here. And I said, isn't that a beautiful thing? Do you see what Our Lady has given us here? We have a way of life that can produce saints. In fact, all of you should become saints because of this way of life. Because everything that Our Lady and God gave to St. Teresa was established here. Some of you out there know that many of us in the community live in trailers and in the world's view, trailers can connotate something negative. In our world, it doesn't. We live comfortable lives. We have heat. We have hot water. We have air conditioning. But Joan, (laughs) they got to get the firewood and the kids got to go outside and get firewood to heat the house. And uh, crueler than that, they come to school 
on a cold morning if it's 22 degrees and they got to crank up a firewood stove to get their heat. And they have all these bad memories of how horrible that is because they all get around there with the, the hands to get warm. And they're cut up and laughing because it's so bad. You know, Our Lady said the word sacrifice when she said, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. And for me, I've always thought, well, what does that mean, that sacrifice? I always vision Our Lady holding Jesus at the foot of the cross. That is sacrifice to her. So whatever we're asked to do in our lives, we do it cheerfully and joyfully. And our children are growing up not really feeling that sacrifice because it's a way of life for us. And there is joy in everything that we're offering. So for the outside world to look at us and say, oh, poor, poor community, you just don't even know. Our greatest joy is to walk down to the field every day and look at that expanse, beautiful creation of God and see the place that Our Lady has appeared over and over and over again, called us her community. So I think that um, that people on the outside just have a, a whole different view of who we are on the inside. And I would, I would hope to think that if we all had, you know, beautiful homes here, that you would probably be thinking, well, look at that wealthy community over there living in these beautiful mansions. That's not what we are called for. That's not what we want. We want eternally rewards. That's what we're raising our children to do and have and go for and bring a lot more souls with them than just their own when they go to heaven. We have a closeness in our community, in our family, my particular family. The kids don't go run to their bedroom and close the door and watch TV all night before they go to bed. We we come together at a meal. We get we uh, talk, we pray together. Uh, sure, the kids also go into their rooms and pray. You know, they, they have their time, their own special time with God. But, but it's, a, it's not a, a drudgery. It's a joy that what people think is a sacrifice. It's a, it's a real joy for them to go and get the wood and light the fire and have fun and talk and giggle with each other and just just it's it's a regular true life that we live and it's a joy i i get to be with my family all day long i don't go away to work for eight or ten hours or twelve hours however and you don't long. think when you go home you have to walk home to a trailer after being with them all the no, time it's a no. different thought it's a closeness we have a closeness of family we can't sit on the other side of the house from each other. <laughs> we sit together wherever we are, and we, it's family. We're, we're together. That's, well, let's, that's let's, our life. Let's get a square foot. You got two trailers oh. to, together is 2,400 square feet. Well, I ain't worried about square feet. I'm worried about losing my daughter on the other side of the room or other side of the house, not knowing what she's doing, not, not uh, you know, is she on a computer somewhere? No, I don't have to worry about stuff like that. I have a closeness with my family, with my kids, with my wife. I can't get away from it. It's I, I teach school. And and uh, the other day, I was teaching confirmation class. And I come to realize, am I teaching these kids how to, how to love God intimately? Or am I just giving them a bunch of figures that they got to memorize? And I, I realized that I probably am giving more numbers than teaching them how to, how to actually get a, a close relationship with God. So I, I told them that. I, I, 
I said I was sorry for doing this kind of teaching because I want them to have a, a life clo- of closeness with God, not something distant, you know, not adoration every day or, you know, and just going by the book. We need to, I want my kids to learn how to love, like our school prayer says, that friend of Medjugorje wrote. It's not from a book, but how to love. That's what we want to teach these kids here. Just as Will was saying. Um, Who are you? This is Johnny. Hi, Johnny. <clears throat> Hello. Um, not worrying about your kids. Um, when our kids wake up in the morning, uh, I'm out the house uh, going to prayer before they're out and about. And I don't have to worry about where they're going to be that day, who they're going to be with, whether it be any of the 20 community members, um, the adults, as well as the children. Everyone here lives the same way of life, and we all have the same uh, morals. We all have the same views. We all uh, one mind, one heart. And we have no worry with our children. Uh, Actually, a friend of Medjugorje has spoken about this a lot. The evening world news, when, when we come home at night, we hear, you know, what? What did our kids do that day? Did did uh, did Jesse get run over by a cow when he was helping move cows? You know, did did uh, Analia fall in the mud when she was playing with pigs? Um, it's just a, a beautiful way of life, and it's always a joy uh, each day that they do different things with different community members, and you never have to worry about who they're with or what they're doing. Johnny, is it true? <clears throat> I heard it through the grapevine, the news through the world, news through the community that. Jesse was so impoverished that he had to sleep outside of the night. He did. Um, he was he was ten miles from our house when he was literally, you know, no more than two hundred feet from our house. But he was up in the woods, uh, camping with uh, Bishop, and they had a campfire and they cooked their own meal. Um, and in the morning, we could hear him playing. They were they were just right behind the house in the woods. Six year old boys. <laughs> Two six and seven year old boys. This is Zachary. I'm from an area of the Midwest that's a lot of small farm families, small acreage, but large families. And since we're on the subject of Will's family and whether the kids are taken care of and everything, and whether our life is one of impoverishment here, the way I grew up was way below this in standards of living as far as people would be concerned. But it was like this in that it was a community, a way of life without the community. We didn't have the community around to support us. So while we were together as a family, we didn't have nice clothes. Many times we didn't have anything but a pair of rubber boots. We didn't even have a pair of shoes, except for maybe a hand-me-down pair to go to mass with. Um, If we didn't grow it, we didn't eat it. And all of us grew up loving our life. I would never want to be anywhere else. I've never looked at anybody that grew up with money and said, I wish I could have been that way. But when I graduated from high school, I went straight into working construction and started earning pretty decent paycheck. And within about a year of that time, I started hating every other Friday when I received that paycheck. And that may seem sound strange, but I had spent my whole life living a way that Everything we did contributed to our life completely, what we ate and everything. And all of a sudden, somebody was just handing me a piece of paper that said, here's what your past two weeks was worth. And it really bothered me. And it was a 
about a year into that that I went to Medjugorje with Caritas. And uh, during that trip in Medjugorje, a friend of Medjugorje gave a speech um, to the group or talked to the group. And he mentioned that. And I've never heard him say that again since then. But he said, do you really want to spend your life receiving a piece of paper that says, here's what you're worth? And it struck me very hard because I had been having that exact thought in the exact words that he used. And that's how I received my call to join this community. But in this community, I've received a freedom of not having to have that money, that check that says, here's what you're worth. But I can live every day offering it completely to God. I can live it in joy, not worrying about how I'm going to cover all of the expenses or take care of a family like my parents had to with 12 children who they could barely, I mean, I never had a new pair of jeans until I moved to this community. So not really too worried about whether the children are being taken care of here because there's many people that live way less than anything we would ever live here. And then as far as a trailer goes, it's not a house that matters. It's a home. Uh, several of the community youth and I hiked up to a uh, fireplace that's left, the only thing left of an old homestead in the mountain, last Sunday. And uh, we were sitting around it, just talking about the way the life must have been for that family. And we stepped off the pad. You can see the pad of where the house was, and it was probably a shy 30 by 20. And they raised a family in that. And it's on the top of the mountain. The We were talking about probably the closest neighbors were a mile walk away because that's the closest wells or anything else like that that we found and know of. But these people probably had a very special way of life, a unitedness, and they probably gathered around that fireplace and had a home. It didn't matter what the house was. They had a home. And I think um, people looking out from the world just... Um wanting us to have this physical shelter around us with good intentions and thinking that they don't want us in a trailer. Um, you know, I now I have a house. I'm married and I do have a house on a trailer. But before that, I lived in several trailers. I burnt down the house that the girls lived in. We lived on the yeah, floor. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> now, tell, now, you burnt down the house. Uh, it's true. Yes, I burnt the house down. I'm made from the Florida, and the first cold weather I had made the largest fire I could possibly think of and very uh, prideful of it. And I, what, where did the consecrated single girls have to live at, at that point? So, actually, you took us in um, for the first couple of weeks and provided all of our needs with love and not even a thought of putting your own self out of your well, bathrooms. Well, and, I, I wasn't asking for that. I know. I, and I, then I, after that... <laughs> After that, we lived on the floor, um, in the third floor hallway on sleeping bags. Um, we did not have a bed. We didn't even have a, our sleeping bags were actually from Walmart and probably the thinnest, cheapest you could get. And we slept on the, in the hallway floor for many, many, many months, maybe into a year until, um, we didn't have another option for living. So we went into the auditorium and slept, um, in beds that we brought up there, mattresses, and sometimes we made we had so much fun out of it that we even stood up on our beds sometimes and saying it's hard not life for us, <laughs> but it was a joy. We made joy out of that situation, and we went from there and showering at other people's houses and many many years like that um, back into a trailer, and then where I'm married now and have a house. But what I what I hear so often, and you don't really hear any of the community ever complaining about the trailer, it comes from the outside world who looks down upon it, and it puts that thought 
within the community. And if any of us have ever failed in our witness about that, it's simply because somebody who thinking with good intention, but really not goodwill, wants a physical structure for us and not concerned with our spiritual insides. But I say just one point is that if friend of Medjugorje lived in a trailer, would you have a problem with that? Those people who question. If his home was still a trailer, would you have a problem with all of us being in trailers or sleeping on the floor for years? You have a problem for no reason. He was there first in a trailer before we were. But his home hosted the mother of God. Should he throw it away? Should he abandon it? Should he give it to me or Will because he has more children? Think. Reason. That house is as much mine as it is my grandchildren. It's as much Will's children as it will be his grandchildren. That house belongs to all of us. Brenda Medjugorje has sacrificed to the utmost for that. And put yourself in his shoes. Those of you who think that we shouldn't be in trailers, would you allow what he does in his house? Would you allow thousands of people to come into your, his bed, your bedroom? Would you, as a wife, would you really, could you put yourself in a friend of Medjugorje's wife's shoes of having a finally finished house after all these years and watching all this sacrifice that they made together and finally with the final completion on the floor, the mother of God comes and thousands of people tramp through it and still do every single year? Can you imagine not having any privacy? Can you imagine people just showing up on your doorstep one day thinking that that bedroom's open all the time? Can you imagine every single holiday and every single breath of your life that the community's needs come first, that the community is looked at even before your own needs? You don't reason if you think this way. And so it is why that we don't see the same way the people of the world look at us and say, oh, you're in a trailer and friend of Medjugorje and his wife are in a house. Could you do what his wife does? He gives 99% of his every breath to Our Lady, and she gets what's left over. She doesn't get to change and decorate her house. She doesn't get to change the furnishings in there. She doesn't get to rearrange like you would your own personal house. That house belongs to the Mother of God. She knows it. He knows it. And it's a sacrifice that I very strongly doubt if someone knocked on your door and asked you the same. Would you rather have a friend of Medjugorje's house and his sacrifice? Would you rather have that or would you rather live in a trailer? There's not a lot of um, reasoning behind that is why you don't hear the complaint from from the community about living in a trailer. And as a matter of fact, I don't live in a trailer right now. And my children often, many, many times, speak about life in the trailer. They speak about when Will's children sing, how it fills the whole entire house up, and they sound like a beautiful choir. And when we sing, can you hear our voices? There's a there's not a negative longing like that in our children that people from the world see and want to get rid of for us, maybe with good intentions, but really is your will is do you have a good will in wanting to see us out of these trailers or do you see our life and understand that the beauty, the sacrifice, the witness, the way these kids are molded, a lot of it has to do with being raised in a little trailer. This is Jessica. I've been here 7 years now, but before I became a missionary part of the community here. Um, when I graduated from high school and gone into college and even throughout college, one of my biggest fears and concerns was, how was I going to support myself? How is I going to provide for my health insurance? How is I going to provide for 
paying for my car, all of that. So I began after I graduated from college and even before then, I had a very, very good job, commercial interior design and advancing in in that company and growing. And I had bought a 3,000 square foot house. I was on a third of an acre. It was all mine. But in that, I had worked, I was working for the dollar and I was, I wasn't living life. I was surviving. I was going through the motions driven by a fear and not by a faith. And when I came here and one of the greatest joys for me has been beginning to really live life through a simple but a pure and a real way of life. I don't carry any kind of money around throughout the day. I don't worry if I'm going to eat good or if I'm going to eat bad. Everything here is far well and above what I was even able to provide for myself on my own in my own career. It's well above what I know um, friends and family are able to do for themselves because God truly, really, and truly does provide. Our lives are given over and everything, every aspect of life is very well provided for here over and above what I was experiencing before. And the cream of that is the joy, but also for me, being able to really and truly experience a faith being alive. I was practicing my faith before, and now I'm living my faith. I can see when I pray, when we pray as a community, our prayers are answered. I see miracles daily in life. That is a a wealth beyond wealth. I see all my needs taken care of by God through other people. And um, I feel a very richness in the way that I live from a day to day in the people I'm surrounded with and in my material and physical needs. This is Joan again. And I would just add that None of us, I can say in this room, uh, came here looking for anything. When, when I first came, there was no community yet, even though Our Lady had already said that that's what she wanted to establish here to a friend of Medjugorje. And we often say that now that we have equipment and animals and land and things that God has given us over the years through our sacrifice, through our prayer, through the need of what we need for this mission to find souls and bring them to Our Lady. What if we woke up one day and all of that's gone? What would we do? We would go to the field and we pray our rosary like we do every day at the same time as Our Lady's appearing. We would continue to do the work because she didn't promise us anything when we came here. It was a free offering. So even the things that we are expressing to you of the beauty of our life, that's pure gift from Our Lady. We didn't require that. We wanted to give our life freely to her and let her use us as she desires to use us. And and she is so good as to give us a way of life. And that's all been through a witness that she called into being through a friend of Medjugorje and his family. That is our foundation. That's why there is nothing, there's no resentment of, of what does he have versus what we have. We are together in community. We share everything in common. 
And so it for me, it is a, a ploy of Satan to make this division in some way, to say that um, life is better on the other side of the street in the poor community. I've heard that ever since I came here almost 30 years ago. And that is a fallacy. That is a lie of Satan that he puts forth to cause people to have doubt in our mission and in a friend of Medjugorje. You will not find that thought in any of us here in community. We are one here and that we have the privilege to be here living this way of life. And the joy of that, but the supreme joy of all of us is that we are able to bring souls to Our Lady through what we live how we live, and what we do on a daily basis. And seeing our children truly become saints in, in naturally living a holy way of life. I know there's other things that are said about a friend of Medjugorje that causes judgments. You know, one of the things that we've heard from time to time is a friend of Medjugorje is always traveling. He's going and, and you hear him speak about his trips in Medjugorje. He's one day in Italy. He's another day in California. He's uh, running all over the world. And, um, of course, it's always different from the perspective of those who walk in those shoes. Traveling is not something that a friend of Medjugorje loves to do. He loves to be here. But every one of us are being called to apostleship. What is an apostle? Apostle is somebody who brings forth the message of Our Lady, the message of God. We don't find those people just from our communications from the mail. But she is saying, set out with me. Go out into the world. Meet people. And every time a friend of Medjugorje comes home from a trip, he has so many wonderful stories of encounters he has had with souls. And he always brings us a list. Send this person all of these particular materials. Send this person all of these materials. And we are challenged as a community to follow that witness of his when we're on an airplane when we're in the grocery line, to find a way to start conversations and set those seeds. Johnny Appleseed, he traveled a lot, and he spread seeds a lot. And we enjoy the apples today of the seeds that he sowed all through these states in the United States. But that's not people's problem, Jen. <laughs> People don't have a problem with them traveling. They think that a friend of Medjugorje travels, and no one else here does think that a friend of Medjugorje is on the airplane constantly going to all these exotic places and we're here dredging in our trailers. So that is the problem. And again, when you don't see things with eyes of goodwill, that becomes a problem for people on the outside. But I'm sitting next to Zach right here and I think you've traveled to every state in the nation. Am I accurate? Because I know my husband's with you a lot of times, every state almost. Almost. I haven't made quite every state, but most of them. I think my husband listed it and has done every state with different travels. And when he can, many of us go along with him in those travels. Um, many of us, if he has an event, he'll pick a different couple or he'll take some of the single consecrated. And 
many people travel with him and his family. It's not just Brenda Medjugorje, but that is what people have a problem with. So let's say from the outside you're looking and you don't have the interest or knowledge to know what he's seeking for the mission. What he was doing was going through a trade show and made a contact that was totally from Our Lady and from God. A friend of Medjugorje followed up with that contact through an invitation and and followed up with that, working on that person's conversion, but also bringing something beneficial to the community. So to not be here, it's very hard to understand that that is not we don't desire to have a million trips. Everybody in the community is not looking at him with, with um, you know, longing eyes as he boards the plane that we wish it was us. We've all had our own travels. Um, we've been to different countries. Many people have been to Medjugorje here in the community more than other people in the community. And just back and forth constantly. Um, you know, there's you could name a lot of people in the community and put their hours of travel against friend of Medjugorje's and they would be very much the same. Johnny and his wife and me and my husband were able to go on a trade show together when he has the opportunity. And when it works out with the way the um, schedule is, other people are sent and do and do travel to be apostles following. Yes. And friend of Medjugorje's footsteps of how he's taught us to evangelize people. And we all say that we can't even go to a restaurant and have a private dinner because people seek us out. We don't have a lot of downtime, nor does friend of Medjugorje and his wife when they travel our lady has a very small window, and who knows the arrangements she's had to make a year prior to that to get that person in contact with us. But it's not just friend of Medjugorje's travels. But you need to understand, we want him out there. We want the stories. We want the contacts that he has. We want the next person to hear of this. And this material got spread, and a talk has worked out after that, and 10 of us go the next time. We want that just as you would want an apostle to go out and spread, spread. That's our desire. We are not here seeking vacations. We are here for Our Lady, and this is what we needed. But again, try to look from our perspective and our eyes and not the eyes of the world. Well, I was just going to jump on with that is that's exactly what Jesus' apostles did. That's what the apostles of the early church did. They traveled. If you go into Scripture, Paul was all over from Asia to every other country. They were dispersed. Even the 12 apostles covered their regions. And the early saints of the church, they were all commissioned to go out. And to do that, they had to travel to reach other people you have to travel. And that's part of what Our Lady is showing also to rebirth the church and what she's doing. I'm not wanting to be defensive about this at all. I, my vacation is just just stay here. When you've traveled for, for so long in so many places, you hate to sit in an airport. And then you get uh, miles. I could go anywhere in the world. I've got invitations all the time to go any place. <clears throat> we got people always offer, hey, we got this, so we got this. You come stay weekend. You got a place on the beach where... We don't take advantage of that. Many people take advantage of us for what we give out and what we do, and they make these bad judgments. But the travel thing is something that's not a glorious thing uh, after you've done it for so long. It's, it's actually a, a dread that we have to do. And after all, we're an international mission. And this international mission has people all over the world that we deal with. And that necessitates... And what we do travel is for the purpose of advancing our lady's message around the world. 
And I literally can call anybody and probably in place and go to stay with them. Or, I mean, we got people doing this all the time. It's not just me, anybody, the community. We're welcome just like family. So saying that, these things clarify that uh, judgments being made are not valid in the sense of they're being judged on the surface. You want to do that? You remember that? Come here and join the community, and we'll be sending you out. That said, anything y'all want to add? As far as traveling, I spend a lot of time traveling for different reasons. I have been to Medjugorje several times. But the one thing I can assure you is as soon as I pull out of the driveway, I'm thinking about when I'm going to be headed back towards the driveway. (laughs) There's no other place that you can go where you can feel a grace or feel what you can feel here. You can't, I don't know. I can't explain it. You have to live it, but you'll never find that out there. And it's hard to travel and not have that. My hometown, our primary life is the spread and propagation of the messages. And our ladies define that as, as we begin this broadcast, that it's with your life. So we've got a way of life with a lot of equipment for the purpose of showing people how to live a life. There's no way you can explain why our lady's done so many favors as recent as November when she teased Maria with extra long apparition, putting her finger up in front of her face, stopping Maria and from talking because our lady so was given the signal, it's not your time, it's my time. Maria started laughing. She'd never seen our lady do that before. In that apparition, she leaned forward even more and Maria came out of the apparition laughing. And Maria sees our lady do things here. We don't have to justify what we're doing. We're not trying to be defensive about what we are, but to give those who are goodwill a better picture that we're very consoled here, being on this ground. When the house was burning down, where Caritas was located as far as his operation before the tabernacle, actually the tabernacle was finished. We hadn't, we just moved into it. And the whole house of the Zias in front of the tabernacle burned down, which now is a, is a root cellar. It was burned so much down, it was like an eight-alarm fire. Even the firemen, after all these years, still talk about it. They've never seen a house burn down like that. The more water they put on it, it's like gasoline. It just got higher. It's bizarre. But I got everybody together while we were watching all this take place, and several of the women were crying. We were all like worried about the tabernacle. They were watering down the tabernacle so it wouldn't combust because the heat was so great. And I got everybody together. I said, look, if we lose everything, we still have the land. And that's what this is about. It's the soil. Adam, his name means ground. It means soil. It's dirt. And when you're a people of the dirt, you'll have more consolation, more joy than any other way that you could walk because it's simple and it's pure. Our Lady shown us this way. There's no other way we'd rather live. It, no other way we would change to live because we're living the future. We're living where you got to get to, either now by invitation or by you being forced to. Because when everything collapses, economy's no longer there. The system as it is is not going to be there. You're not going to live the same way. And I say that before I read the words. That simplicity and purity would return, that faith and hope would return. Why? So that the world 
would be different. We're headed for a different world. You're not going to stop it. You're not going to change it. It's under a judgment. It's underneath the clock, a timetable. Our Lady has not stopped what's going to happen. She's just gave us a reprieve to accept the grace and the time of grace that's available. You do what you want to. You can think what you want to. You can judge how you want to. You can be good will, bad will. Everything will be taken care of. As I quoted the message earlier, the Heavenly Father will judge everyone. I know that all of this confuses you, but accept it that you may comprehend that you are worthy to work for heaven. Before we close, I was giving a walkthrough um, to someone a couple months ago, and it just really brought to light the difference in um, just a friend of Medjugorje's booklet that he wrote. You know, we see the mud of the stars, a confession of a of a big sin. Um, the way you look, I keep going back to that, but the template that you look over our life here will help you to see things more clearly. And this is the difference in that we have a lot of equipment here. We are very blessed for that equipment. We always walk around and bless it with a miraculous metal. And friend of Medjugorje is the words on his lips are constantly. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Our Lady. It's the same thing that beats in our hearts. But in this walkthrough, I heard this gentleman that I was speaking about the different things that we have here. He just said, how frugal, how beautiful. Instead of wasting a contractor's money and taking your supporter's money to pay for this expansion or this shop that needs finished or this barn that needs completion, how beautiful that those thousands of dollars went into a piece of equipment and that that money is not wasted. And it's a very simple description, and we know we say it all the time, but sit and really reason that thought out. We are frugal with our gifts here. We rely on providence that comes through your hands, those of you who are listening. And that thought of all of our equipment is not to feather our own nest by any means at all. My husband works on all the equipment. It it is a lot to handle. We understand that. But we have the mentality when we crank something up, we need to finish that job and quickly get back to spreading the messages on the phones, opening the mail, packaging things and shipping. But that also is our way of life. But I have a feeling that those same people who criticize us for the amount of equipment that we have would also have the same criticism if we threw all that money away to a contractor and paid for a lot of equipment to come here and finish the job. So with my whole heart, with this with this episode, this program today, I would really ask for you to sit back and say, look through our eyes and look through the eyes of our founder who does all good for Our Lady, who gives everything for Our Lady, who wants to take everything that is given for Our Lady to use for the highest purposes for her and not the other direction. And I think just as the angel said, peace to pe- men of good will, not not the other way that it's sometimes heard. But when you have goodwill, you have peace. And we hope that you have that with us. So we recommend to you, as we finish this program, a couple of writings of a friend of Medjugorje that give you also greater insight into everything that we're discussing. But he wrote a writing called Judge with Right Judgment. That was back in 2006, addressing some of these very same things. 
And also the writing called Judging, which was written in 2013. Those will give you the spiritual background of, of what we have tried to express here in this program, and we encourage you to uh, download those, which are both available through download or order them through Caritas of Birmingham. We know what Our Lady's done with us here is unrepeatable and irreplaceable because she's got a limited time on the earth. She's formed us. She's given cognition. She's walked with us through the years, May 31st, 95, even claiming us with several previous messages before that saying, and it's important to listen to how a lady says this, because even Maria was shocked at this. We've said and talked about it before, but it's a foundation for us to be released to show this is the way, the premium way to live in the future. She said, May 31st, 1995, little children, I desire that through your lives, see this way preceded the revelations of this month, March 2nd, that with your life, and then going back to the 95, that through your lives, you are witnesses. The way we buy equipment, the way we live, the way we travel, everything we do is a witness. It's all part of what we do. That you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands, my instruments. She's making it perfectly clear. I desire you to be extended hands. Then she repeats it, my instruments. And before that, what is it? What is that? A witness. My instruments get as many hearts as you can. I've always been amazed that she said get. You tell a dog get. And we were passive at that point. We weren't going out. We weren't accepting invitations to go speak and do things. Get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God to a way of salvation. I repeatedly questioned Maria, and then later Paula, when he came in, who speaks Croatian also, did Our Lady say to a way of salvation? Because How to Change Your Husband was written. I see far was written. Our way of life was already patterned. It's just only expanded from that point to this point and gotten larger, both in witness and the magnitude of it. And so we will be witnesses in commerce. We're working on some major, major things right now that we're going to expand into to show business people how they should be running their companies, what they should be doing. And the foremost thing, that the product you're selling is not a product, but a way of life to display your witness. So we've got a message straight from Our Lady among many that commissioned us to be doing what we do. And so when Our Lady says, Speak of my son, of me to all around you with your life so that the world will be different. Our life is different. It's our world. And it's infecting others. Not just affecting, but infecting. It's infectious. That simplicity and purity would return. That faith and hope would return. We have hope. We wake up with faith every day of the hope. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205 Six seven two two thousand.